If we turn to 1 John chapter 3. We open our Bibles to 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to look at verse 24 this morning. We are going to do some page flipping today. We're going to look through a number of other parts of the letter. It's not too long, so I want to draw you to a couple of themes of repetition mainly. Uh, so please keep it open. We'll, we'll, we'll look through together. But our theme verse is 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 24 this morning. Hear now the word of the Lord. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. Now we see the first part talks about we know that God is dwelling in us in terms of the keeping of the commands. But, uh, and we dwell in him, he dwells in us. But more specifically, we're going to look at the second sentence. And hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. I want to focus on this idea of we know he abides in us. And how do we know particularly? The first part of the verse will be touched on. But most importantly, the second part, the Holy Spirit tells us. The Holy Spirit tells our spirits that he dwells in us. And this is how we have, among other things, but what we're focusing on today, this is how we have assurance of our salvation. And this is the theme that we'll be looking at tonight together as well in some scriptures in John 17. But today, 1 John 3, 24. So how do you know that you're a Christian? How do you know for sure that you're a Christian? How do you know you're not lying to yourself? And after all, when we look at our confession of faith, something I won't quote today, but it does say some people lie to themselves. Some people pretend they have assurance, but they really don't have true assurance. Well, how do you know that you do? How can you be assured of your salvation? There are many that will tell you you cannot be. Any consistent non-Calvinist will tell you you can lose your salvation. There's no way for you to have any assurance. How can you know? Can you know that you have it? Can you know that you are saved and you won't be lost? Yeah, by testimony. You need a testimony. You, make, you may need to make sure you get it in writing, as we say, and you get a witness. And beloved, that's what you have, we see in our text, the writing of the Bible and the witness of the Holy Spirit who wrote it and is spoken of in it today. With the Holy Spirit testifying within you, you know that you are sons of God. You know, you know, you have certainty. You are certain that you are Christians. He has written God's law in your heart and he is witnessing there. Christians can rest assured of their salvation in Christ because the Holy Spirit personally testifies to their spirits of their personally abiding in Christ and with fruit to show for it. 
I give that to you as the idea of our text today. Christians can rest assured of their salvation in Christ because the Holy Spirit personally testifies to their spirits of their personally abiding in Christ and with fruit to show for it. We can know that Jesus remains in us. And that comes up twice in our text. And the Greek could be translated abides in us, stays in us. Jesus speaks about this in John 15, that he's the vine, we are the branches, and we abide in him and he abides in us. You see, there's that image of the life that's coming from the uh, the. the the vine to the branches, the life force coming from Christ. We abide in him just as 1 Corinthians 12 speaks of we are his body and he is our head. Christ is alive. And to live is in Christ is gain. To live is Christ, I should say. We know that Jesus remains in us, our text says, because the Holy Spirit that he sent to be in us. We have a testimony. We have the testimony of the third person of the Trinity. The living person, the Holy Spirit, lives in us, the text says. Well, if the Holy Spirit, God Almighty, is dwelling within his people, that is not going to be without effect. He lives in us. We don't live outside and try to come along Christ. Christ lives in us by his Holy Spirit and brings us along in Christ. There is an inner testimony of the Holy Spirit who applies the word to your heart in believing it in conviction, conversion, and conscience, conscious compliance. Now, it's not perfect. We don't want to get the wrong impression here that it's perfect. You can't be perfect. That's why we need Jesus. Nothing we do would ever be good enough. It's all bad. It's all stained with sin. We are revived and made alive in Christ. We're resurrected in Christ. It isn't perfect in terms of the works that we do. It says that's the way we know. But it's real and living and active. The Holy Spirit is working within us. And this is producing works. And this is producing in us a desire to do more and better works for him. For God's glory and not our own. As glorying his grace, it's all of faith by alone, faith alone by Christ alone, grace alone for the glory of God alone. But it is real. It's there. It's active. There is a mutual abiding in Christ. We in him, he in us, by the Holy Spirit abiding within us, within you by his presence, which your spirit senses and serves. You could answer the question, how, how do you know that you're truly a Christian? How do you know that you really have salvation? How can you be assured of your salvation? I just know. I know. I hear the Holy Spirit. I sense the Holy Spirit in me. He convicts me of my sin. He convicts me to love Christ and turn to him for my sin. He convicts me that I don't love Christ enough, but I'm thankful Christ loved me perfectly. And love God and others on my behalf perfectly. I know. I see it happening in me, and I see how it happens in others similarly, to some greater or lesser degree. This is sanctification and it's progress. And I see, I see the scary aspect of in others, none of it. I know. The Spirit tells me so. Now, beloved, we're talking about a Christian 
scriptural affirmation of the Holy Spirit by his word. It isn't without the word, it's by the word. What is the Spirit using right now? The word about himself. But one of the things we highlight is that he himself assures you. It is personal. Christ is your personal savior. The Holy Spirit is your personal comforter. He is within you. The Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 18, is all about assurance of salvation. And I'll share part of it with you, of section 1. We'll look at more of it tonight, but section 1 and the second half, Confession of Faith 18, number 1. Such as truly believe in the Lord Jesus and love him in sincerity, endeavoring to walk in all good conscience before him, may in this life be certainly assured that they are in the state of grace and may rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, which hope shall never make them ashamed. Now, what I'm focusing on with you, beloved, in this and other sections of this chapter of the confession and its related scriptures is the affirmation of you by the Holy Spirit within you. That's the part we're focusing on. More could be said. That's what we're focusing on. You who believe in the Lord Jesus truly, it says you may in this life be certainly assured that you are in the state of grace. You don't have to be doubting. And by the way, that would be sin. It can be a fake, false humility. Because Christ in us and his glory in us is something that glorifies him. And his working in us, comforting us, is something we should embrace and be thankful for. And it isn't any exalting of us, it's exalting in him and his working in us. And we shouldn't be saying, I don't want to hear you, Holy Spirit. I know you're supposed to comfort me, but I refuse to be comforted. Watch out for that. He's part of the Trinity. He's God. We don't exalt God by exalting ourselves against his work of comfort. And there's, there's comforting in the discomfort of all the doubt and the difficulties of life. But be ye comforted, you might say. Our text given for Confession 18, Section 1, uh, our text is 1 John 3, 24. Once again, hereby we know that he abideth in us by the spirit which he hath given us. I want to look at some of these we know verses. We know this is the truth. We're going to do that a little bit later, but I want you to recognize, again, this idea of certitude. We know this. Because the Holy Spirit's testimony in a believer can't be missed. It can't be overlooked. It can't go unheard or unfelt. And, beloved, it doesn't. But I want to look with you specifically at 1 John 5, verse 13. Turn with me there. Uh, the text gives us a number of other scriptures. If you look at the scripture references, you'll see them, but I'm going to go back to them later. Uh, so what I want to highlight is one of the other scriptures given to us is 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. 
life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Notice that ye may know, just as he says in our text, that you know. He doesn't say, I write these things that you can say, well, I hope so. I don't know, maybe. No, he writes these things that you may know. That you may know. And the other verses given in the footnotes of the confession, they are all the ones, you'll see the italicized parts that say no. The word is no. You know these things. Because the Spirit is in you, and He knows. This is called certitude again. It isn't that it doesn't waver, but it's real. It's living because of the real living Holy Spirit within you, the Spirit of Christ. Westminster Confession of Faith, chapter 18, on assurance of salvation, section 2, says this. This certainty is not a bare, conjectural, and probable persuasion grounded upon a fallible hope, but an infallible assurance of faith founded upon the divine truth of the promise of salvation, the inward evidence of those graces unto which these promises are made, the testimony of the spirit of adoption, witnessing within our spirits that we are the children of God, which spirit is the earnest of our inheritance, whereby we are sealed to the day of redemption. You see all that? It's a done thing. We are sealed. It is the earnest of our inheritance. It's the down payment within us. You're going to get the kingdom of heaven because it's already been put in you in a down payment in a sense by the Holy Spirit that will see, has you sealed, won't let you go. But I want to highlight this part again of this section of the confession as our focus today of assurance of your salvation, the work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he, it writes, an infallible assurance. Notice infallible. You, not faulty, not mistaken, True. And in, you can have an infallible assurance of faith founded upon the divine truth of the promise of salvation. Again, it's based on God's promise. It's based on God's promise. Not your works. Not your faith. But God's promise. And if you have faith in Jesus Christ to be your salvation, your perfect work on, his, on your behalf, your perfect work on the cross to pay for your sins, your perfect righteousness in his perfect life, the promise is of salvation. The promise is eternal life that you can know you have it now. And again, how? One of the ways we're highlighting today, again, it goes on to say the testimony of the Spirit of adoption, witnessing with our spirits that we are the children of God. It's not arrogant to say that you know you're saved. It's not arrogant to say that you know you won't lose your salvation. On the contrary, it's arrogant to say that you can't know or that you can lose it if you have it. That's to defy the scriptures. That's to defy God and his ability to save and comfort and that he doesn't go back on his promises. In our text, we know because Christ has given. Notice that in First uh, John three twenty four, Christ has given. 
And what has he given us? The Holy Spirit. Now, this is John writing. Does John talk about this elsewhere in the gospel? Sure he does. All over the place. But uh, we won't turn there. But just recall John 14, 16, John 15, 26, John 16, verse 7. Jesus says, I'm about to go. But I will send you the Holy Spirit. And, and, and then he prays for you. In John 17, and we'll look at that tonight. And by the way, sadly, I won't be able to reflect it all, but it reminded me of a book I have on my shelves that I got from Goodwill Bookstore for a couple of bucks years ago. The Assurance of Our Salvation by, um, oh, I always go to the wrong name here. I'll tell you tonight when I review, my brain's not clicking. But the, the book's almost 700 pages. It's a series of sermons in John 17. And by the way, I'm pretty sure that's a sermon Pastor Bell preached through John 17. I'm slowly collecting all the tapes to put them up for you. So I'm not going to give you all of John 17 because you have it with Pastor Bell and you can borrow my book if you want. But we're going to go to John 17 tonight. He prayed for you. Is Jesus denied his prayer from the Father? Jesus gave you the Holy Spirit. Remember again, he gave you the Holy Spirit as a deposit as a seal of your salvation. But in particular, what is the Holy Spirit? He is the comforter. He is the counselor. He moves you to pray. He groans for you when you don't know how to pray. Romans 8. And that's where we go next. When section 18, uh, chapter 18, section 2 on assurance, the confession gives us, among other scriptures, Romans 8, 15 to 16. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Can I just say that again as the backdrop to set up what you should be having? You have not received the spirit of bondage and fear. But ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Now, now what I want to highlight there is notice you have received the spirit of adoption, capital S, the Holy Spirit. God has adopted you through the blood of Christ. That's an act. It's a done act, right? Adoption is an act of God. It's done. You're just like justification. The Holy Spirit is in you. He will not leave you. And he's there testifying to you that you are a child of God. You know, children know their parents. Little children, they know, just as we know their cries, they know us. It's amazing how Juliana, when I walk in a room, I know she does this with everybody. She's fairly charismatic, but, you know, but especially with me, when I come home, I haven't seen me in a while. Or even when we were away on a trip, Fernanda would put me on the video call. And when Juliana saw me, she didn't go, hmm. We just, we know our father. We know our mother. Whether we've been naturally born into the family or been brought in in adoption. And of course, all of us are brought in by adoption into the, spirit, the family of God. We know our Father. We don't overthink it. We just go up and ask for stuff. Right? We just go up and want to hug him and talk to him and interrupt him when he's trying to talk to somebody. Because that's how we are familiar with our parents. Especially as little children. Such is the kingdom of heaven. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. I want to emphasize that. Romans 8, 
15, uh, 16. The spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Just as we have in 1 John 3.24, we know that he abides in us. We know that Christ abides in us. How do we know that? Because of the Holy Spirit, which he has given us. The Holy Spirit talks to you about who you are in him and in Christ. He communicates. He comforts. He reassures. And beloved, I want to encourage you. He is doing that to you right now. Through these means of grace, through the preaching of his word, he's doing that to you right now. Don't fight it. Don't try to deny it. Just be blessed, beloved. Be assured, beloved. Humble yourselves and trust that God says he will assure you. He will assure you. He will have mercy on whom he will have mercy and whom he will have mercy. He will assure. See, the devil wants you not to be assured. Why? Because you won't do the same things for God. You'll hold back rather than step forward. Be assured the spirit bears witness with your spirit. Notice again the word adoption. Look at 1 John 3 verse 1. Behold. We love this verse, right? We have a song tuned to it. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew not him. Uh, don't you experience that? People think you're nuts. They think you're weird. They think you're crazy. You experience how you're in the world but not of it. You experience that tension, that antithesis with the world. Yeah, there you go. The Spirit's working in you and that's testifying to your spirit about who you you are. Notice, talk of adoption, 3 verse 1. The Father has called you the sons of God. He doesn't unadopt you. He doesn't uncall you. It's done. Just as Galatians 4, 6 to 7 says this to you. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. And one thing we have a challenge with our little toddlers is they think they own the house. They think they own our bedroom. They run right in. And we got to always say we need some privacy. Why? Because they're our children. It's just a natural thing to think they can be around us and enjoy our house. And that's what that's what you're being told. You are able to cry Abba Father. And what does Abba mean? Daddy. Notice as Derek Thomas points out, it's never without father. After it, reverence and respect for your father, but also this just childlike dad. Because you're no more a servant, you're a son, you're a child of God. God sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts. And how did he do that? Our text today, Jesus put his spirit, gave his spirit to us. It's in us. And that's how we know he dwells in us and we dwell in him. There are other signs we'll see in a moment, but most importantly, it's the Holy Spirit's testimony to you. And beloved, this is the thing about it. It's, it's just relational. You know, it's just the relationship you have with God in Christ, secured in Christ. 
the relation you have with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is your personal Savior. The Holy Spirit is your personal counselor. Westminster Confession of Faith 18, again, on Assurance of Salvation, Section 3. And I, I share part of it with you at the moment. Uh, this infallible assurance does not so belong to the essence of faith, but that a true believer may wait long and conflict with many difficulties before he be partaker of it. Yet, being enabled by the Spirit to know the things which are freely given of him, him of God, he may, without extraordinary revelation and the right use of ordinary means, attain thereunto. Yes, and we're going to see tonight more of what the confession tells us, that you can really struggle with sense of desertion from God and what to do about it and why. But it's recognizing it's an infallible assurance, but it's not the same thing as faith. You may wait long, you may have conflict with difficulties, but you will most certainly partake of it because the Holy Spirit helps you. Because the Holy Spirit's in you and he will testify to you and he'll help you knock it out of your crazy brain. He'll help you knock out your bad thoughts of the world and the bad suggestions of Satan that make you doubt yourself. It's there, but the Holy Spirit prevails. He wins. He advances. And in him, in him and you, so do you. You can be enabled again by the Spirit to know. Wherever you are right now, the Holy Spirit can and will enable you to know without any infallibility. With most certitude, you are children of God. And if you lack that assurance, more on that tonight, but you need to do something about it. Because it's where assurance is that your service improves. It's where assurance is that you have the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And some of those fruits are what? Self-control. But how about this? Love. How about this? Peace. How about this? Joy. So Paul says rejoice. Again I say rejoice. James says rejoice in these difficulties. The Holy Spirit's in you. He's going to deliver you through and deliver you from this world that you're in but not of because Christ is in and with you by his Holy Spirit. Now the scripture that the confession gives us among others is 1 John 4 verse 13. Look at 1 John 4 verse 13 with me. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. Again, this is what I'm focusing on again. The spirit within you assures you of your salvation. I'm emphasizing what you keep seeing. The spirit. The Holy Spirit. Christ put him in you, gave him in you. To assure you of your salvation. To comfort you and bless you with his fruits. Listen to him. Listen to him. And as Jesus taught you, pray to the Father that he give you more of the Holy Spirit. 
that, that is, he may manifest himself more in you as you listen to him and you cooperate with him and you believe his testimony to you. Don't call him a liar effectively. You're not impressing God. You're not really impressing anyone else. Rejoice in his abundant grace and his marvelous presence within you. After all, as we are all gathered together, what are we? Do the scriptures say in Corinthians chapter 3 and 6? You collectively are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And that's because all who are truly in Christ have the Holy Spirit as they come together. And we worship him as such. So what is your duty again? Listen to the Spirit. Listen to what he's telling you. You are God's. You are Christ's. He is in you because I am in you. You are with him because I'm with you. Be assured of your adoption in Christ. Be assured of your salvation in Christ. And again, bear his fruit by keeping his commandments. Now, notice that's in our text. Uh, he says we keep his commandments. That, uh, that's how we uh, dwell in him and he in us. You know, again, uh, John 15 says, you know, that's a sign. And that's the only way you stay in me is, you know, you abide in me. I and you keeping commandments. But it's because of the Holy Spirit that you do. And these commandments are good works to uh, serve to strengthen your assurance. As fruits of a true and lively faith to manifest your thankfulness. That's in Westminster Confession, chapter 16, section 2 of good works. God uses your good works to strengthen your assurance, to be fruits that you have a lively faith, the root to manifest your thankfulness to him. See, when we don't have his joy and we don't grow in understanding these things, we are not thankful. We are mournful that's what the devil wants to take us remember from our studies on Wednesday nights he wants all the other sins to lead to the greatest sin of all despair which is designed for you to take your life the Holy Spirit says, liven up rejoice strengthen your assurance don't say oh I didn't do it all perfectly therefore I'm not sure no well look what God's doing in me in spite of myself praise the Lord he must be in me because I didn't do that I mean I tried to help along the way but I, I pretty much held on to him dragging and kicking and when I tried I kept tripping where he just kept picking me up look what he did in me look what he did in me compared to me 10 years ago that ain't me anymore praise the Lord for that well when I look back I can tell while I was happy along the way he's doing this but he did it he's in me he's with me encourage yourself with what he's doing in you and what he's doing in you compared to what you used to do with yourself as you grow in grace and the work of the Holy Spirit and rejoice certainly grieve over your sins but rejoice in your Savior and in your sanctification Trust you cannot completely grieve the Spirit, nor completely quench the Spirit, nor his witness to you by his word and the blood of Christ. He will have his testimony in you. He will have his witness in you. If he has to smack you against the head, he's going to do it. If he has to pull on your heartstrings, he's going to do it. If he's got to bring you to your knees, he's going to do it. But to make you look up into the hills and see your help is in the Lord and he is in you. 
He will help you confess your sins. Is that what you're worried about? No problem. Let's go to chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Or excuse me. Uh, let me see if I got this right. Yeah, somehow I wrote down the wrong verse. It is chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You can see verse 10, if we say we don't sin, we make him a liar, his word's not in us. Verse 7, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Uh, verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Well, here's the reality with people who struggle with assurance. All I can do is see all my sins, so I don't know. Actually, the Holy Spirit helps you confess your sins, so you know you're in him. I mean, look at the world. They don't want to confess they're sinners. They have no interest in saying they're sinners. Or maybe they make mistakes. That's about all you'll get out of them if you do. Oh, if they say anything about God, they'll say, well, I'm basically good. God accepts me for who I am. They're not going to admit they have sins. But you know you have sins. The Satan wants to use that as your downfall. To have you just cower and lay in them in sadness. But actually, the Holy Spirit, a sign you have the Holy Spirit, is he makes you confess the truth. And besides just confessing the truth about your sins, he helps you confess Christ and confirm you are in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Look at chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Okay, do you confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh? Is that something you believe and trust, that Jesus Christ is incarnate God, so that he can save you from your sins? All right, I see you nodding heads. Praise the Lord. Guess what? You have God. You're of God. The Spirit is telling you that. You only can confess that because of the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, you would not confess that. Look at verse 4. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is of the world. The Holy Spirit is in you. He's greater than the world. He helps you to be in it, but not of it, and not to be overcome by it. Reminding you, Jesus said, be not troubled by the world. I've overcome it. Look at verses 15 and 16. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we know and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Do you love God? I'm not saying perfectly. We know that loving him is to keep his commandments. None of us keep them perfectly, not even close. But he that is forgiveth much, loveth much, Jesus says, right? Do you love God? And that'll be seen in wanting to serve him better. You love God. You believe he's the son of God. You know, again, this idea of belief. We know because we believe. We believe 
We hear because we believed. Look at verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. You love God? Well, guess how that happened? Not because of anything in you, but because Christ put his Holy Spirit in you so you would love him back. The only reason you love is because he loved you. Those whom God loves, he puts his spirit in. The first of the fruits listed, I believe, is love. Look at chapter 5, verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. You love one another that believe in Christ, but do you believe Jesus Christ is born of God, uh, that he is of God? You're born because you believe him. You believe that Jesus is the Christ. What does the word Christ mean? Remember, we're studying that in the larger catechism right now. Why is the mediator called the Christ? He's called Jesus his name. He shall save his people from their sins. Not he might, not hopefully. He saves his people from their sins. Why is he called the Messiah? That is, he is the anointed one. The Christ is the Greek for the Old Testament, the Messiah, Hebrew. He's the anointed, he's the anointed one who has been ordained, anointed by the Spirit to save his people from their sins. Do you believe that about him? I mean, we're going through the confession right now that says you are to believe that about him. You believe that about him? That's a sign. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Be assured of your salvation. Be assured who you are in Christ because of what you believe of Christ because it's the Holy Spirit in you that allows you. Verses 4 to 5 of chapter 5. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Notice again, overcoming the world by belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, who has overcome the world. That's in you. The Holy Spirit is in you, testifying these truths that you believe. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is in you, testifying to you. You are in him, and he is in you, and you have God. Look at verses 10 through 13 of chapter 5. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. What? 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 Has the witness in himself. Listen. I'm not talking about listen inside to some weird thing. Listen to the Holy Spirit, the person, the third person of the Trinity. You have his witness in you. He that believeth not God had made him a liar, because it believeth not the record that God gave of his son. Well, what's one of the records today? That he put his spirit in you. Believe him. Believe him. Believe in it, not just theoretically. You know this is true from the scriptures. Believe it's true of you. That's why you're here. That's why you come back. That's why you're serving him. He's put a witness of the Holy Spirit in you. Look at verse 15. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. We can talk to him. We can know God answers because we know him as our father. In verses 19 to 20. And we know that we are, God, uh, we are of God. Notice, see this again. We know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the son of God has come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and we are in him that is true even in his son 
Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. You know, you know, you know. And that's the other thing I want you to know. We're going to have some overlap with the scriptures, but bear with me a little longer, beloved. I want to go back through John a little bit. You see all of this talk about the Holy Spirit testifying in you, helping you confess that you have sins, helping you confess Jesus Christ as your Savior of your sins, having his testimony, the Holy Spirit confessing you are his within you. And what does Jesus say elsewhere? You testify of me on this earth, I'll testify you to my Father in heaven. That you may know, and that's what we're getting at today, especially assurance, assurance, be assured. Uh, the Greek word for know uh, could be translated come to recognize. That you would come to recognize in yourselves these truths. The whole letter is that you would know, that you would know the devil wants you to doubt. What did Jesus say to doubting Thomas? Oh, I know. Yeah, it's hard. Hopefully it'll get better for you. You know. I'll come back. <laughs> he says, look at, me, look at the holes in my hands. Look at the hole in my side. Go ahead. Stick them in there. Put your fingers in there. Don't be doubting, but believing. And the Holy Spirit will work in you in that and cause you to doubt less and to believe more. You are to know these things. Grounded and rooted in the faith, as Paul says in Ephesians. So 1 John 1 verse Three, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us. And truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, that you may have fellowship with one another in the Lord and the fellowship of the Trinity. That idea of knowing, but it'll become more explicit. Chapter 2, verse 20. But ye have, ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. You know, we pray for the pastor to have unction of the Holy Spirit in preaching, but you have the unction of the Holy Spirit preaching within you. He's working in you to say amen and amen. Can I get an amen? amen. All right. I did a quick glance. I think you all said it. If not, I'll be after you afterwards. No, just kidding. Verses 20, uh, verse 21, I have written, uh, I have not written unto you because you know not the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. Now, keep that in mind with other things that he says in this letter that in isolation might cause you to think you're supposed to doubt. The reason I've written you, he says, is because you know the truth. I'm wanting you to just working that out, sorting it out, know it de more deeply and better. Look at verses 24 to 25. Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. You believe that promise, your fellowship with the Father and the Son. Look at verse 27. But the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things. And it is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Hopefully you might. We'll see how this works out. You know. No, ye shall abide. Why? Because it's in you. You've been anointed with the Holy Spirit. That's what it's talking about. Look at 
Look at verse 30. Or excuse me, that should be... Yeah, that should be verse 29. If you know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Doesn't mean you're doing it perfectly. All the scriptures make that clear. That's why you need the righteousness of Christ. But as he's working out his commandments in you and you're righteously wanting to live them more and more, you see that you know, you know what you see. You know whom you have heard. Uh, look ahead at chapter 5 with me. Again, I want to just emphasize that you may know. Actually, let's look at chapter 4 first, verses 10 and 12. Chapter 4. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. You know these things. Verse 12. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and his love is perfect in us. I think I actually wanted that to be uh, earlier in the message in terms of confirming Christ and your, uh, confirming your confession of him. Now let's look again now at chapter 5 that you may know these things. Verses 1 to 2. Whosoever believes believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him by this we know we come to recognize that we love the children of God and we when we love God and keep his commandments we these things are testimonies to us by the spirit verse 5 who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God again 18 and 19 we know we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lie in wickedness. Again, we know, we know, we know. Do you hear that? Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Okay, good. Do you know? <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know. We know, we know, we know. You know, no, no, no. God is emphasizing to you today, the Holy Spirit is speaking in you today that you know, and you know that it's only by Christ, it's only by faith, it's only by grace. You know this only by the word of God that the Holy Spirit helps you know for the glory of God alone. You know these things. You know them for yourself because the Holy Spirit speaks within yourself. He abides in you. He doesn't leave you. And you must do something with this to grow your assurance in the Holy Spirit's witness to your spirit. Now, remember, sanctification is a work. It is a process. There is definitive sanctification. As you know, you have been made holy positionally. You are holy in God's because of Christ and his righteousness and the Holy Spirit in you. But until heaven... We know we have to keep killing the old self, Paul speaks about, and keep growing the new man within us, putting on more of Christ. We cooperate with the Holy Spirit. We, we, the, he helps us to fight him less, not quench him. Instead, listen to him, not grieve him. Instead, grow in his rejoicing within us. And so the Confession of Faith, chapter 18, section 3, also says this. And therefore, 
It is the duty of everyone to give all diligence to make his calling and election sure. It's not that you make it become sure. It's that you make it more sure to you. You reassure yourself of your assurance that thereby his heart may be enlarged in peace and joy in the Holy Ghost in love and thankfulness to God and in strength and cheerfulness in the duties of obedience, the proper fruits of this assurance. So far is it from inclining men to looseness. Instead of being loose and loosing yourself to despair and doubt, it is your duty to make your calling election sure, which is the proper fruit of this assurance, which includes peace and joy of the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Philippians 2, 12 to 13. Of course, you can harken back to chapter 1, verse 6, where he says, What the Lord has started in you, he will complete it. 2 Peter 1, verse 10, which our confession drew on. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fail. What if I fail? Stop it! Work to make it sure. You won't fail. You can't fail. Christ is in you. It is finished. You are more than conquerors. Nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ. Not even yourself. And you don't trust in yourself. You trust in the Holy Spirit testifying within you. Charles Spurgeon writes this. Suppose there is a person here who does not exactly know his age. And he wants to find the register of his birth. And he has tried and cannot find it. Now, what is the inference that he draws from his not being able to tell the day of his birth? Because he can't find his birth certificate. I guess mom and dad never told him they're gone, right? There are many people in life and other parts of the world that often will say, I don't know how old I am. I don't know when my birth date is. Let's say you try to find your birth certificate. You can't. So you don't know when you were born. What do you infer from that? He goes on to say, well, I do not know what the inference may be, but I will tell you one inference he does not draw. He does not say, therefore, I am not alive. If he did, he would be an idiot. For if the man is alive, he is alive, whether he knows his birthday or not. And if the man really trusts in Jesus and is alive from the dead, he is a saved soul, whether he knows exactly when and where he was saved or not. Well, that's another thing a lot of people will want to try to do is make you doubt your salvation because you don't know when your spiritual birthday is. It doesn't matter when your spiritual birthday is. 
Is the spirit in you now? Then you're born again. That's all that matters. Are you finding yourself responding to this gracious message now? And by the way, I know it's strong, but it's grace. I'm just trying to hammer the grace into you. Because some of us think we're so holy by trying to block it out. Take it in. It's grace. If it's there, it doesn't matter when you were born again. You are born. You are new creatures in Christ. The Holy Spirit is in you, testifying that to you right now. Listen to him. Do not shut your ears. Open your heart and believe and rejoice and have peace. All the things the devil would like to take away from you by making you doubt yourself. Trust in Christ and what he says to you in this word today and that he has put his spirit in you and he's talking to you and you can't block it out. Praise the Lord. So you know you are alive because the Holy Spirit is in you and you are breathing new life in Christ in him moment by moment. And so you shall for eternity. So listen to the spirit who is the seal of your inheritance and rest assured in salvation by the spirit's testimony within you. We're going to have that same message tonight, but it'll be based on Christ's prayer for you to the father in John 17. But hear what John has to say. Notice how much he has to say about assurance. Huh? Are you listening, people? Do you know he is emphasizing assurance of salvation listen to the spirit in you and rest assured in salvation by the spirit's testimony within you and that is the message for you this morning that's the one screw to screw in your skull as my preaching professor said you won't remember most of what we talked about just take that away and if it helps circle it in your bulletin there it is Rest assured in salvation by the Spirit's testimony within you. Let's rest in him now as we receive the Lord's Supper in a moment to do nothing else but continue to reassure you of who you are in Christ and that Christ is in you. Let us pray. O Lord God in heaven, thank you for the Holy Spirit. Please give us more of the Holy Spirit that we would have greater assurance and that we would grow in sanctification and thanksgiving, which is your will. Those are the two things you highlight as your will for the church in the New Testament. These things come from assurance. So reassure us in your promises. Let us pray your promises and claim what we have in Christ and let us be reassured even further still by this supper. And that we will be with you in paradise the day that we close our eyes until you open them again in the resurrection. Oh, Lord, we ask that you will uh, be with us and bless us. Send us home with assurance. Send us with peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, help us not to quench you. Help us not to grieve you by insisting on doubting you within us. Help us to listen to you and hear your testimony and make it a testimony that comes out of our rejoicing, peaceful hearts, out of our mouths to the world. 
thank you that you are the seal of our salvation, that you have applied redemption accomplished for us in Christ. Thank you you do not leave us alone. Thank you that you do not leave us to ourselves. And thank you that you draw us together to love one another as a brethren for further testimony and testimony to us of causing us to believe these truths of your scripture from Christ. And as we gather together to be the temple of the Holy Spirit, work within us, move us forward, help us to grow, reassure us, let us hear you and not let uh, your voice be drowned out in the background by the voices of this world, namely the forked tongue of the devil who accuses us to cause us to doubt. Rather, let us hear our advocate in heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ, who assures us of our salvation before the Father and in us and before us by the Holy Spirit. We thank you and pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all your people in the spirit.